Be'ezus Hashem Yisborech. We will continue Simen Yud Aleph in the Geres HaKodesh, the 11th letter of the Holy Letters of the Balatanya, which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten you with understanding. You're going into very deeply into the enlightenment that the Balatanya gives in this parak, which essentially is a radical different way of looking at life, which automatically gives a whole new definition, a whole new meaning of pain, a different understanding of life, a different understanding of pain, a different understanding of suffering. And once a person understands with clarity the purpose of his life, the meaning of his life, then automatically the meaning of everything changes. If a person begins to understand the meaning of his life, differently then the meaning of everything that he's doing takes on an entirely different life form. The metaphor of this is going to the gym. Some people spend an enormous amount of time going to the gym, an hour a day, a half an hour, two hours. And there's tremendous struggle and sweat and pain and a lot of times there's suffering afterwards. Person is Charlie or person is dealing with tremendous amount of investment into going to a gym or exercise. If an alien from a different planet would come over here, they would understand what's going on. Why is a person spending such an enormous amount of time working out? Why would a person subject himself to all this suffering? But once you have clarity of the bigger picture, that the person, the person who's doing that running, the person who's involved in that gym, is strengthening his muscles, strengthening his body, then you begin to see something entirely different. When you find out that a regular person who's walking down the street has a hundred heartbeats per minute, but a person who's a runner, who runs for an hour a day, has 40, 50, or 60 heartbeats per minute. And you ask yourself the question, why? should be the exact opposite. Somebody who's running, somebody who's running, his heart is pumping very fast. And if his heart is pumping fast, then his heart should pump very fast the whole entire day. 
So instead yeah. of his heart rate slowing down, you would think that his heart rate should speed up. He's running fast for an hour a day. And when he's running, his heart rate is pumping. Who knows how many times per minute? So it's speeding up his heart rate. He's running and it's speeding up his heart rate. But a runner throughout the day, if you take his heart rate, you would see that it's only 40 or 50 or 60 pumps per minute. On the other hand, the person who doesn't run, his heart rate is very fast. The whole entire day is 90, 100. So a reverse engineering concept is going on. A person's running a day, an hour a day. And when he finishes running, his whole his high, entire heart rate slows down. And he's going, his pulse is 40, 50, yeah. 60. But a person who doesn't run at all, his could be 100, even higher. Much faster the whole entire day. But then when you get deeper insights into how working out works, you find out that it's the exact opposite. If a person is lifting weights all day, and then they go to the supermarket and they have to carry a whole bunch of bags that weigh 25 pounds of frozen meat. They have no problem carrying it because they're lifting weights the whole entire day. Their body's flexible. They're able to handle it. They're able to, when they when carries 25 pounds, a person who's lifting 250 pounds, 25 pounds is nothing. It's a, it's a, it's a cakewalk. It's easy. So a person who's lifting... 250 pounds every single day in a, in a gym, when, you, when he goes to the supermarket and he has to lift bags of something, it's very easy for him to do it. But a person who never lifted anything, and he's sitting like a couch potato, when you give him 25 pounds of frozen beef in a supermarket, he can't even touch it, he can't even lift it. He gets Charlie Horse just from that. So this starts to be the insight to a person that when you start to run in a gym for an hour, you raise up your heart rate. You raise it up very, very high. So now you get your body comfortable with a very high heart rate. With a very, you get your body comfortable under very extreme conditions. You're very vigilant. You're very, a deep part of your energy, of your muscle, of your soul comes into your body. And it flows through your body and it gives you it's a tremendous energy that comes through your body. And now your body becomes a vehicle, your heart becomes a vehicle to be able to deal with strenuous, tough, harsh circumstances. Running, 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 you're pushing. It's not a natural state. But after the runner finishes his run, now his heart is not working so hard. The person who never works out, his heart is pumping and pumping and puffing. He's puffing the whole day. The whole day he's struggling. But a person who chooses to struggle for one hour, the rest of the day his body's on vacation. Or his heart rate slows down. Because the rest of the day is vacation for him. The rest of the day, his heart is running very, very smoothly, very easily. Why? Because he, he's, he's much stronger. His, 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 his body is much stronger. The same exact thing, a person who's used to lifting weights when he has to carry something that another person thinks for him it's very easy. So the exact opposite happens when a person is involved in working out. It's that pain 
that he puts himself through for the one hour that allows him to live a healthy lifestyle for the rest of the day. And all of a sudden his heart rate slows down because his heart is not working so hard. So when a person begins to reframe pain, when a person begins to change, when a person is given the insight into what causes a heart attack, what causes unhealthy living in a physical way, when a person begins to understand that if you're going to treat your body improperly, and if you're going to eat improperly, and if you're not going to use your body, it's going to become sluggish. And at the end of the day, you're going to suffer. So a person is usually willing to adopt a certain type of suffering that he shouldn't have to suffer from that. But when you look at him, and you say, and you're from a different planet, and you see him working out in the, in the, in the gym, you can't understand what he's doing. What are, you, what are you subjecting yourself to this torture? But in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. A person who's running, a person who's working out for an hour a day, he's actually going to live much longer than a regular person because the rest of the time his soul is flowing healthily through his body. His body is keeping his body in shape. He's keeping his body in tune. So it's the mere knowledge that changes the meaning of pain. It's the mere knowledge of life, the purpose of my life, that automatically you see it in your own life. What the Balatani is explaining over here is not hard for a person to relate to. It's on the contrary. You see it in your own physical life, that it's the meaning. As soon as you're given the gift, you're truly given the gift of the meaning of working out, of the meaning of pain, a pain that will lead to a tremendous gain in your life, you automatically choose that. You will run to do it. People run to the gym. The gym is the whole entire day. Why would a person's enjoyment of his day be some type of pain? Because in that one hour of pain, he's getting tremendous pleasure afterwards. A tremendous, he's almost gliding through life. He's, he's, everything is so easy for him. His body's in tuned. It's in shape. It's a tremendous tune-up. But it's a painful tune-up. It's a painful tune-up. But that pain, the enormous amount of pain, is what allows him afterwards for the tremendous interaction between the soul and the body. So we begin to take on a whole new understanding in what means pain. So says the Balatanya over here, which the foundation of what the Balatanya is going to say over here in the Simon is from the Toldas Yaakov Yosef that he said he heard it from his master, the Balshemtiv. Which is really, this is a continuation to the previous Simon that we learned about understanding the structure of life. That the structure of life is really body and soul. And all pain is when there's not a good interaction between the body and the soul. Ultimately speaking, all pain in life, any type of pain, spiritual pain, physical pain, any type of pain a person's ever going to experience in their life is when there is not a good interaction between 
a dissonance and an improper harmony between the soul and the body. That's every single form of pain. And when a person begins to understand this, he becomes enlightened. Because in the previous parak, the Balatanya explained that everything in this world is body and soul. You have an artist, and the artist wants to give out his soul. But if he doesn't have canvas and he doesn't have colors, he cannot give out his soul. The soul of the artist, that the soul, the soul of the genius artist, what he wishes to express, he needs to use all these forms of the brush and of the paint, which are sitting idly. And he takes them out and he uses the brush and the strokes and the canvas to express what he, the soul of what he's trying to express. So there is a tremendous confusion. There's a tremendous paradox. Because on one hand, it's the soul that's going to end up on the paper. And on the other hand, he's using the brush strokes. He's using these forms in order to express the soul. So when you look in the entire cosmos, when you look in the entire world, you will see that the entire world is the exact same thing. There's a tremendous interplay between the godly light, my soul, the godly light, the way God, there's no artist like God, where God is taking the godly light and he's expressing it through restricting channels and forms. This is the brush strokes and the, and the canvas and the, and, the, and the colors. They are tremendously restricting, but they are also empowering, they are also enlightening, they are also riveting, they are also going to express the deep, profound image that you're about to see. And while the painter is painting, you can't really see what he's trying to unfold. You don't even see what's going on. But there's a tremendous frustration that's going on, because the painter has an infinite soul, he has infinite revelation. And the bodies, the forms, the, sense, the way he's going to express it, is through the paint, through the canvas. All of that, he's going to use all of that as a background. He's going to use all of that as a container. All of that as a body to hold it. And the body provides, it's a tightly bounded mass through which the soul needs to be expressed. The soul of his painting, right? So he's painting, painting is a form. It's called, I, what am I doing now? I'm painting. I'm painting a painting. But the painting is the soul of the artist flowing through his hand, flowing through the paint, flowing through the canvas. So there's a tremendous amount of restriction going on over here. The forms of the canvas, of the brush strokes, of all these things are the way the soul is actually landing on the painting. So in that bigger picture, we can understand that there is pain and suffering. And what does that mean, pain and suffering? Pain and suffering is essentially when the soul of the artist, the soul of the paint, of what the painter is trying to give, gets frustrated, gets com com complex, gets disconnected 
between the paint and the canvas, right? It's, 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 it's a disconnection. Just like an artist, at, wow, you, all of a sudden you get confused. What, what is he trying to paint? I can't see the painting. But if you give it a little bit more time, if you give it a little bit, if you under, when you allow it to unfold more, then you will see the deep expression of the painter. So from this you see that it's actually, if you get confused by pain, the anger that you will have from the pain will actually make it more confusing. Because the anger, the person gets, sees pain. Pain is a frustration between the soul and the body. Right? We use the metaphor of going to, to the workout. Pain is a frustration. The body and the soul are not working together. If a person would be in perfect harmony, perfect shape, physically, he would never need to go to the gym. He would never need to struggle to tune up his body. So it's the frustration of the soul being expressed properly through the body. So all pain essentially comes from the body, from the clogness of the body, right? You feel pain, it's your body's awakener that there's something not going good between your soul and your body. They're not flowing through. Person's working out, he's experiencing pain, happens to love that pain. But ultimately, why is the pain there? The pain is there to allow the soul to flow through the body. He will do that for an hour and he will have a perfect day. He will have a healthy day, won't be huffing and puffing. So when a person begins to understand this, everything about pain changes. Because you begin to understand that pain and suffering, they only occur when the soul and the body become separate. They're not in harmony. When the body fails to allow the soul to express itself through. So it's, from this comes out that if you have anger over pain, exacerbates the problem. So therefore, says the Balatanya, you must accept pain with joy. Because one has to realize that the faith that he has about these two restrictions, the fact that the body is covering up the soul, ultimately speaking, these are nothing less than masterful strokes by the master artist. Masterful strokes by the master artist. That we cannot fathom this. As the painter is painting, we cannot fathom those strokes, the meaning or the purpose. And the fact that we cannot fathom it is only further evidence of the deeper beauty that you're about to unfold. Just like in your own life when you discover health, you cannot fully fathom what's going on, but somebody who has clarity into health will give that hour, and then he will live much better. But this does pales in comparison to the great master, the great artist of all, which is the Abishter God, which ain't Sire Kalikenu. The human mind can't grasp the beauty that God is doing with the interwoving of the paint, the brush, the strokes, the canvas, and the soul that he's trying to express. But when a person has complete powerful faith, then what happens is the pain gets transformed to joy. And over here comes the Balatanya and he explains a radical new understanding of what means pain. 
You see, we have these containers, all of our containers in our life, our mind, our heart, our body. And if they're not used right, we worry incessantly and we have tremendous cravings, hopes for becoming and some type of future. And we get tremendously attached to this world and we become sluggish to our mission, to our purpose. And when we, experience, when we go through that, we have there's shake-ups in our life. Pain that we must go through. But it's a form of workout. It's a form of allowing the soul to flow through our bodies easily. And if we get angry about the pain, if the pain wakes up more pain, so essentially it defeated its own purpose. Because the whole idea of pain is that the soul should be able to flow through the body easily. The whole idea of the workout is, so later on it should be on vacation, it should be much easier. It should be an easier sense of expression, not literally vacation, but the point is that the body and the soul should become one. So ultimately speaking, why do I experience pain? To wake up to my purpose. So the soul of pain is really a cry for the soul and body to become expressed properly. All pain that I have in my life, all pain, if you think about it, is the, the clearage of, it wants to clear the blockages that my body is creating for my soul. What's my soul? My soul is the meaning of this moment, the meaning of why would I put in this world. And if I'm going through any form of pain, it's to wake up to that purpose. And so when I discover that, all the pain becomes joy. When a person realizes that, the pain becomes joy. So the pain is transmuted. Over here you see a tremendous idea that we started to learn the other day, which is Yosef at Tzaddik. He had a dream, the brothers are going to bow down to him. At the end of the day, Yosef at Tzaddik, when he was young, and he couldn't convey his dream properly. And the brothers took it with an arrogance, and there might have even been a tinge of arrogance. But afterwards, he goes through a tremendous amount of pain. His mother dying, his brothers betraying him, landing in a pit, sold out, landing accused falsely, humiliated, put into solitary confinement. But from every single thing, he deals with the pain in an unbelievable way. And when he names his two children, he says, My first child is Nashani Elikima Samoli Vespesavi. You made me forget my hardships and my, my father's house, which is the first way of dealing with pain is that you become stronger from it. You say, the pain made me a stronger person. I forgot it entirely. I look back at my parents' house. I look back at what I went through as a child. I look through what I went through through yeshivas. I look through what I went through, all of that. And I say, I'm a much stronger person because of it. I forgot it. I forgot the pain of it because it made me stronger. It was like a gym. It made me into an entirely different person. I'm able to live life much different. If, I would have, if, if even there would be one moment of my life that I would cut out, I wouldn't be the father I am today, the husband I am today, I wouldn't be the, the wife, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I had the life that I wanted. So I'm much stronger from it. But then he names his second child, he says, You made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Which that's to realize that Yosef Atzadeh came to the recognition, of course I had a dream that everyone's going to bow down to me. 
But if I wouldn't have been humbled, if I wouldn't have been able to see that purpose wasn't so everyone should bow down to me. It was so I should see the grand purpose of everything. I should be able to provide food for everyone. I should be able to be compassionate. So my structures were stripped away from me because I could have never been a king in my father's house. I could have never grown like that if I wasn't challenged to the core. So I had to be challenged. I had to be thrown away. I had to, everything life was going to throw at me. I had to, the adrenaline of my soul. I had to be in that gym. I had to be in that state where all of my soul is coming out. And then, you put me in the lowest place. You betray, I got betrayed in the most powerful way. But from there, I rose to the greatest greats. And if you, if you were to cut out any moment of my life, I would have never had the fruitfulness of my land and my suffering. So all my suffering, I look at all my suffering, and I see this is the brush strokes of God. This is an entirely different meaning. And I say, Not only you made me stronger, but if anything you would have cut out, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't see the joy that I have in my life today. And that's ultimately the meaning of what he's saying in this pedic. That is through the recognition, the, the new transformational idea of pain. That pain is there to wake you up to your purpose. Then pain gets transmuted to joy. Then pain becomes bliss. Just like when you work out. Just like when you do it. And even much more deeper. Because you see the hand of God. You see the brush strokes. And now when you look back at the whole entire picture. At the end of the day, any person that looks at a masterful piece of artwork. When they look, they can't see what the artist is painting. But when it's all over then you see an entirely different thing. And each and every person must do this in their life and see. There is nothing that's devoid of him. And then he says another posik that the footsteps of man, every one of your footsteps, every one of your footsteps, life is not happening to you, it's happening for you. Every single thing is God talking to you all the time. Any person you meet, you think a poor person that you see, it's something insignificant. You think your child, you think something's insignificant. Really being alive is being highly in tune with everything around you because everything around you is happening for you. And if you're highly in tune to that, then you don't look at pain. You don't look at anything insignificant. You see the life in every single thing because it's God talking to you at every single moment. And that is ultimately the purpose of a person's life, that he should have Yishkun Hashem, that he should see God, meaning to say he should see God expressing himself through every single thing in this world. Because if he would express himself like Matan Torah, you would disappear. So he expresses you through bodies, through forms, through brush strokes. And it's your job to decipher, to see beyond the paint, to see the meaning of the painting, to see the, the, the brilliance behind it. And even pain is ultimately the ultimate awakener, it's the ultimate joy. But you have to go deeper, you have to be able to see beyond in order to see the gift of what means life. And once you do that, that's the beginning of Yishkun HaRashem.